Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picturehouse podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. On today's show, I am delighted to present our interview with director Ari Folman, Waltz with Bashir, about his wonderful new feature animation, Where is Anne Frank? Released as part of the 75th anniversary commemorations of when her diary was first published. In Picturehouses from Friday, August 12th. Anne did not write this diary so that you could worship her. What is important... Get in the truck. Do everything you can to save one single soul from harm. Just one soul. What do you see, Peter? I see the Allied forces. They're coming to liberate us. And you? I see angels, Peter. Welcome, director Ari Folman, to the Picture House podcast. And we are here today to discuss your groundbreaking and challenging and extremely beautiful animated feature, Where is Anne Frank? So let's start at the beginning, Ari, and being approached by the Anne Frank Fonts Basel, where were you familiar with the charity? And was this a project that you knew anything about? Or was it a complete surprise and honour to be approached? What uh, you mean if I if I knew about Anne Frank? Of course I knew about Anne. Oh no, <laughs> I, I'm sure you grew up like everybody knowing exactly who Anne Frank was. Uh, no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know about the project at all. I knew a little bit about the foundation. Uh, I knew that it was dealing with um, charity and supporting non-profit organization which are in helping kids in, in, in rescue missions in war zones. Uh, and that they have a very liberal agenda, which I try to portray in the movie. And also, um, yeah, this is it. And, and when they approached you with the view to making this film for the 75th anniversary of the diary being released, yeah. I mean, what were your thoughts? Were you like, I'm deeply honoured to be approached? Or... I, 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 I immediately refused. Yes. Immediately. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Without putting any thoughts in, into it. Because um, I felt that everything has been done about Anne Frank. And maybe I have nothing new to say also. I come from a Holocaust survivor's family and I felt, I felt that I've had enough. So I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really see myself doing the project and they gave me time. And I read the diary again for, as a father of teenagers, three teenagers, and I was, pretty, I was pretty shocked by the quality of writing, her writing, and I was just uh, blown, blown away how intelligent and talented she was and then i went to see my mother who is a polish jew classic cliche and she told me that if i don't take the project she will die during the weekend and i can come and <laughs> she will be ready you know but i don't have to take it you know and if i do take it she will stay till the premiere and this is why it took me eight years to do the movie i wanted to extend her life and so she's a hundred now 
Goodness. And maybe it's because of the movie. I don't know. Maybe. Well, yes. I mean, I think if you if you if if saving one's mother depends on it, then yeah, I, I think all of those reasons. Who, who wouldn't do that? I mean, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And I mean, she did make the premiere, and she's still with us today at 100 years old. Is that right? Yeah, she didn't come to Cannes this time. She was with me in my last two films in Cannes. But uh, she liked the movie, but she also commented that uh, it took me twice the time, the Holocaust itself, just to make the movie. So no surprise, it's a good movie, huh? But it's okay. <laughs> I want to interview, interview your mother next, I think. <laughs> I think you should. Um, but it was a long time to make the film. But uh, I mean, animation is unbelievably painstaking and especially with all the innovations that you were met using and the global team that you incorporated plus all the research that you had to do to make this a new story so it was eight years long enough well it took me i think four years to just do the development and raise the money it was um, it was hard to convince distributors. I mean, it's the old world of cinema, right? It's still before uh, the streaming back then that you can make a Holocaust movie or I don't think it's a Holocaust movie, honestly, but for teenagers with such a budget that can be commercial. So it, it, was, uh, it was a challenge convincing people to jump, jump in, I think. And with the story though, like you say, yes, I mean, Anne Frank was a victim of the Holocaust without a doubt, but this is a very dynamic new telling of the story. And was that the premise that really excited you and made you feel like this is a new thing that we're doing here, which it totally is? Well, I, 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 I knew that if I take it on myself, I cannot do what was done before and I need to find new dimensions of telling the story and also to, to reach young audience. I had no clue what I'm gonna do. I just, I did know that I will try to, to, to pay a tribute to the, to the legacy of the Anne Frank Foundation because this was very important for me, as I said before, connecting past time and present time and everything. And I was looking for, for an answer, for a clue within the text. So I read excessively the diary every day. I knew that uh, my solution is, is in, the, in, in, in the pages. And I think it took me 50 times to read uh, the description that Anne gave to her imaginary friend Kitty until I realized that Kitty, I mean, the description felt to me like a manual for a designer. You just had to, design what Anne wrote. I think the only thing I added was, was the red, red hair. Beside that, everything stayed. Once I saw Kitty on, on the computer screen that Lena Guberman, the designer of the movie, created, I knew that she, she's going to be the protagonist of the movie. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before, so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. 
Kia. Proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia. Movement that inspires. It's such an incredibly familiar story for so many of us that to actually have this new angle, it was it must have been incredibly exciting in some respects to think, ah, this is our way in. Kitty. When I saw her, I thought it was very obvious for me that she she's the storyteller of the movie. And with the um, and idea of it being animation as well, were the was the Anne Frank fonts very clear that they wanted animation? Yeah, it was, was always that... discussed to be an animated movie for children, and it was also very clear that there there are few things that need to be in. One is that it will be for children. The second one is that. The film will tell the story of the last seven months in Anne Frank's life, which is usually not told because it's a very tough story. And the first, the third thing is what we did is, is connect. I mean, there's no comparison between uh, the execution of the Jews in World War II and the refugee crisis in Europe, but it is, it is, it is uh, like the legacy of Otto Frank to teach what happened in the past in order to understand that children in war zones are always children in war zones. And it doesn't matter where they come from, what religion they are, what is the color of their skin. They did not choose the destiny that, I mean, politics and leaders chose for them. No, and in many ways, the crisis facing refugee children is worse than some of the refugee experiences of the Second World War in that there were places that some people were able to get to that like the UK did bring in Jewish immigrants from the Second World War in a way that they wouldn't do now, quite possibly. Well, I wouldn't say that for one, one, one major reason. Look, these um, 1.5 million Jewish children that were murdered during the Holocaust, they even didn't have a chance to be refugees. Mm they didn't have the chance that the children in my movie had, that people were fighting for them. So I think there's no real comparison. Also, I think there's no comparison between genocide of one people to any other. No. I guess uh, it's, you know, it's uncomparable really. Yes, and that's, that's fair enough to even yeah. put that line in the sand and say, this is not what you are trying to do in any way, shape or form. Yeah. yeah. But, what we, but what is important, what I thought was very interesting to observe, and especially with the Anne Frank fonts approval and, and complete, you know, collaboration was the fact that they were, they were, you were criticizing the almost fetishization of Anne Frank over and above what could be achieved by remembering really what her legacy needs to be. Would you yes. say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it is most important was to, look, Anne Frank is an icon, she is, but she was also a real person and she was a very complex and um, heartwarming, interesting character. She was super intelligent. She was a brilliant writer. She was many things, but she was also funny as hell. She had great imagination. She could be very mean sometimes to the adults surrounding her to immediately trace their weaknesses and shoot those tiny arrows 
to hurt them if needed. She had a very disturbed relationship with her mother, like many teenagers have. And uh, it's more than being a statue uh, in, 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 you know, in anywhere in big cities in the world. It's much more than that. So, yeah, she was. Yes, and I, and I think bringing Kitty to life, rather than the girl that we're very, very familiar with, meant, means a new connection can be forged between the humanity that we've possibly forgotten of Anne Frank and what can be the true humanitarian legacy for her foundation. Yeah. Yes, and I think Otto Frank was working really hard on that because look, he was a very humble, modest gentleman living in a one bed apartment in Zurich all his life. And he sold 77 million copies of the diary, everything went to charity for children in war zone. So you can imagine the greatness of this guy and the, what I felt my obligations were when I did this movie. It was not just about Anne Frank and memorizing Anne Frank because he, he wanted much more than that. He, I mean, this was his goal, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really dynamic intervention, a, a grenade almost into what um, the museum and the sort of dust settling on that has possibly become. And, and I loved how you told the story where you see all the visitors coming and going and coming and going and coming and going and not seeing really yeah. what, what's, what's in front of them with the refugee family and their tent blowing away and and, and and what is still so important in our lives and what we would have all hoped that we'd done for Anne Frank to have saved her. And yet we're, we're somehow not computing that this is what we need to do right now. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense, mm. absolutely. And with the animation as well, I, 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 I know that you say it's for children, but I really feel that with, a, with your films, especially that Waltz for Bashir, animation does allow uh, an access in a way to some really quite indescribable truths that are quite unpalatable sometimes in any other format. What would you say to that? I would agree 100%. I think uh, I learned it in Bashir. Before Bashir, I had a TV series about love. That also I used, it was a documentary, I used animation to, I mean, tell the thoughts of, of um, just people from the academy, what love is. And I found the freedom of using animation for serious topics, such as love. Um, but then with Walsy Bashir, uh, Obviously, I had no expectations that this film will be a treating method for uh, PTSD soldiers because the filterization of the coloring and the, the animation and everything, all the beauty of the film had them, uh, it was easier for them to connect to, to the story, you know? So um, it used that. I, and I felt that that was definitely the case with the last seven months of Anne's life. And I felt 
because all the way through through the film I was worried I was thinking where how are we going to deal with this because you are going to deal with this and I thought the whole Greek mythology choice was perfect and so and about how that represented what what Anne yeah. and her, her family entered into. I was looking for solutions it's it's probably the most challenging thing I had to do in this movie. I was looking for solutions. And I, I knew that she was obsessed in her hobbies with two things. One was Greek mythology and the second one was the Hollywood stars from the late 30s and the beginning of the 40s. So I used these for a, what we call the army of light, her imaginary, her imaginary uh, army to fight the, the Nazis. With the Greek mythology, I just found out in research um, that there were a lot of similarities between symbolism in Greek mythology of the underworld, the next world, and uh, the execution of the Jews. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, in Greek mythology, we have uh, fairies. In the real world, we had trains. We had this thing of um, the victims uh, parting from all their belongings, including clothes and everything. Same in Greek mythology. We had uh, selection upon arrival to the camps in real life. We have selection of Hades, uh, god of the underworld, upon arrival to, to the next world, to the underworld. We have dogs, uh, guard dogs uh, with the Nazis, and we have guard dogs, Karba also created a dog with Hades in, in the next world. So I thought I have an opportunity here to show the beauty of the Greek mythology with another line of sound which tells the real story read by, by, by Kitty. Mm. Yes, and, I, and, I, and for me, I felt that that was a compassionate allowance for the audience to experience what their, the limits of their imagination could cope with possibly. Yeah. And just to talk more technically, you know, like it was a global team that you had working with you, which I felt was such a great, representation of what you're trying to achieve as well. Yeah. Well, if I had to choose, I would do it only in London. But financially, <laughs> financially, it was a, a super global team. It started with five countries, with Israel, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and we did in London all the stop motion, miniatures, which is the, the secret apartment and everything. And um, then when, 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 the pandemic started, studios started collapsing, so we had to expand to 14 countries. We, we ended up in Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Malaysia, Toronto, Canada, even we had people in the Martinique Islands. We had, you just look at the map and we had someone there animating Anne Frank. <laughs> well, it sounds like a nightmare, but the story is magnificent. It, it was, the production was hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what have you taken away from this incredible experience? Well, I am worried that uh, if we don't find new dimension like this film of telling the story, uh, the story will be lost. Mm. And the, the point of view of, of, of the Holocaust will be like you read the paper, you read the chapter in the Bible and you read some incredible, horrible things and you don't relate to them emotionally whatsoever. And I was worried about this mainly.
Well, Ari, thank you so much. Thank I think you. you've made an incredible film and I'm so pleased that there's a wonderful educational package that runs alongside it. Thanks and thank, thank you so much. Thank you.